Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We have a new way you can support the family of Bugle shows, including The Gargle, which is this show. Go to thebuglepodcast.com and click on Donate. You'll see the usual options with Apple and one-off contributions, but we have upgraded the offer for our premium subscribers. Signing up to this will get you two Bugle family gifts per year, with the first being an exclusive limited edition episode of The Bugle on 12-inch vinyl. I shit you not, that is real and happening. All monthly donors will now also get an extra show each month. The initial idea, assuming it works, is a show called Ask Andy, and it involves Andy Zaltzman and you asking him your questions and him answering your questions. Signing up to either the Apple or Premium subscriber offerings will give you this show ad-free, except obviously the half a glass of water ads. That's a contract that I will never get out of. It is signed in blood and water. If you are already a premium donor or regular donor who doesn't want to change how they donate, you don't need to do anything. Thank you for your continuing generosity in keeping the gargle going. We could not exist without your support. We are paid by and through the Bugle family and uh, it has kept me alive through some hard times, so I really appreciate your support. This is a podcast from The Bugle. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have money, but what I do have are a very particular set of skills, skills I've acquired over a very long career, skills that make me a nightmare for people like you, and those skills are the gargle. This is The Gargle, the sonic glossy magazine to The Bugle's audio newspaper for a visual world. I'm your host, Alice Fraser, and your guest editors for this week's edition of the magazine are AJ Lamarck. Welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. How are you? Are you well? I am very well. And our other guest editor for this week's edition of the magazine is Tom Neenan. Hello, that's me. Hello. I'm so happy to be here as well. I know you're well because you just said it, but I'll ask again <laughs> so I have the mask of politeness. Are you well? I'm code switching. I'm not very well, Tom. Let me oh. explain to you. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I've got a toddler, so my mm. life is full of, of both uh, joy and pain. My, my life is full of more life, basically. Yes. <laughs> so much life. It's wonderful. Before we blindfold each other and bundle into the unmarked van that is this week's top stories, let's have a look at the front cover of the magazine. 
The front cover of The Gargle this week is Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner posing provocatively with a dragon from the Game of Thrones that represents their impending extremely violent divorce. Uh, have you been following this celebrity news at all? Well, from what I understand, isn't it... Now, I'm going to try and keep you out of legal hot water here, um, Alice. Isn't it the fact that they broke up and everyone was like, you know, sometimes couples break up, that's fine. But then he started, like, briefing little stories to the press. Like, he was saying, like, oh, I don't know, I guess I just love being a dad and she loves going out and occasionally drinking a cocktail. Um, and everyone was like, oh, okay, she sounds nice. And he was like, uh, yeah, but sometimes she meets up with her friends. And everyone was like, okay, yeah, that sounds reasonable. And basically... <laughs> He was desperate for us to hate her for like having a life that wasn't being a mum, and everyone was like, "No, she sounds quite fun. She sounds quite nice." Um, and that's sort of, it's the PR war has been lost by the Jonas Brothers, basically. Yeah, which is yeah. it's a real it's a real shame for the Jonas Brothers, but a, a real victory for everyone who's like, yeah, sometimes relationships break up, particularly if they're very young Hollywood relationships, mm-hmm. and both of the people are fairly high powered, and you sort of <laughs> they married young and had children young. Yeah, uh, the end. How sad. (laughs) The satirical cartoon this week is more marriage news. Uh, Dane Cook, 51 years old, marrying his longtime partner, Kelsey Taylor, who's 24 after six years of dating. Don't worry, it's okay. They've been friends since she was 15. Uh, That's the satirical cartoon this week. Top story this week, uh, NFT news, uh, which is NFT short for not worth your time um, <laughs> apparently unfortunately for all of the people who were ideologically wedded to the possibilities of nfts um it turns out that the vast majority of them are now worthless uh, two years after the big surge in the possibilities of nfts you know as as an artist i thought oh look at the possibilities for copyright and long chain uh kickbacks to the artists as the, as the work gets sold on into the future. What a great thing that might be. And then very quickly it became apparent that it was going to be grift central for grifters to grift their grifts and that uh, what you were investing in was the opportunity to scam someone else in the future. So uh, AJ Lamarck, you've been on a computer. Mm-hmm. Can you unpack this story for us? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you actually how it is, because much like the people who use NFTs, I don't know much about it, but I'm going to pretend like I do. Um, <laughs> so essentially, 95% of the NFT collections out of this study um, that uh, CoinMarketCap did were literally worth nothing anymore. Um, that's a high percentage. I'm not sure how well you delve into percentages. Just 95%. You know what I mean? Like 95%. When you look at percentages, that is... A lot. You know what I mean? Like, you look at votes that happen, and you get, like, 60. You're like, 60 is reasonable. Like, if I get a 60 on a test, I'm like, I did well. Like, 95. But also, I just, like, it's, I just get the image of someone whose NFT they found out is worth nothing, but they can't even hold on to the thing that doesn't have value anymore because it doesn't physically exist. And to me, that's the saddest part of it all. They don't even get to hold their <laughs> in- valueless NFT close to their chest. It's quite a sad story, really, when you think about it. See, for me, this is um, uh, this is like the television program Lost because uh, when Lost started, I was like, oh, man, I should get into Lost. And then everyone was like, Lost is so good, get into Lost. And I, every time I'd see an advert for Lost, I get stressed and be like, man, I've got to watch Lost. It looks complicated, but I've got to get into Lost. And then eventually people started going, nope, Lost is rubbish. Lost had a terrible ending. Lost has gone rubbish. And I was like, well, I never have to watch Lost. That is me in NFTs. I didn't understand them. 
I still don't <laughs> understand them. And in that time, they have gone from the most important thing in the world to worthless. And I have sort of stayed the same. So I feel vindicated <laughs> in my decision in this case. See, I want I want both of you to let yourselves off the hook because I think the vast majority of people who talked themselves out of the NFT space because they didn't understand the <laughs> NFT space, uh, it was because somebody had explained to them the NFT space and they had thought after the explanation, oh, it can't possibly be as stupid as it sounds. Uh, <laughs> and it what, was. Uh, what I love about this is um, there's one particular article reading about it and at the very end, they talk about, you know, maybe there's a future for NFTs and they should be connected to historically relevant things such as first edition Pokemon cards. And I love this universe where first edition Pokemon cards are the most historically relevant thing. <laughs> that was the first thing they brought up. As, uh, maybe, maybe NFTs are the future. Uh... In the list, in the list that starts with uh, first edition Pokemon cards, the second thing on that list is true art. And the third thing on that list is something that provides genuine utility. Um... <laughs> Wasn't that what they were designed for, though? Like, originally it was going to be like, if there's an amazing goal at the football or something, that you can sort of own the uh, the rights to the footage of that goal, or like you own that in a blockchain. And then pretty soon, and I thought, oh, okay, this all this sounds interesting because you can like own specifically culturally relevant moments, I guess, in sort of a way. And then it just became, no, Jimmy Fallon wants to sell you a cartoon of a monkey that he's found um, and we all have to be super excited about it. Do you remember he did that by the way just on TV they were just like oh buy these things buy them buy them buy them buy them and that was the moment I thought oh maybe um, yeah maybe this is a grift rather than anything of any cultural relevance. Yes maybe this trend has jumped the shark and did you know yes. you can buy the moment where fo- the Fonz jumps the shark. <laughs> <laughs> that I would buy. <laughs> I would buy that too, actually. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. can go to the Berlin Wall and buy bits of the Berlin Wall. That's just the physical version of it's like, you know, going home and looking at your shelf, being like, oh, look, look at this post World War II division. I've got it on my shelf. <laughs> Next to like year eight karate champion trophy that I got. Like I don't believe you're wonderful? actually buying bits of the Berlin Wall when you're at the Berlin Wall. I think what you're doing is is uh, <laughs> what they do is they take that recording of JFK saying "I am a Berliner" and they play it to a wall and then they break that up and then they <laughs> so you have infinite like, wall homeopathic like holy wall. water. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what though, I've been to East Berlin and that wall is not fungible in any way. That is a non-fungible wall. <laughs> So I think I know the experience of what it's like to to have an NFT because I write jokes for other people, sometimes for radio, sometimes for television. And what I'll do is occasionally, uh, actually more rarely than you would think, but occasionally I'll be watching the thing uh, that has a joke that I wrote. And um, when the joke that I wrote comes up, uh, I go, that's mine. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot cheaper to do that, you know, like... Mm. Way cheaper. <laughs> well, actually, it's not. It's zero dollars either way. But I mean, <laughs> your ad section now because you can't be what you can't buy. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by turtles. Turtles, the snail of the sea, the snail of the sea that isn't sea snails. Turtles, it's a frog in a hat. <laughs> 
Climate change, melting ice caps, overpopulation. It's impossible to know what's going to happen to the future of our planet. They say you can scry the future by looking into still water if you're a wizard. So to spy into the future, fill a dark, shallow bowl with half a glass of water. Stare Hmm. into it and you'll see a vision of the future. Half a glass of water, a vision of the future of the ice caps. Maybe the most depressing ad. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Dancy Lagarde Reader, available online at unbound.com. This is a chapter entitled The Place of the Penis in Romance Novels. The Place of the Penis in Romance Novels. Secondary. Penises in romance are described but not envisioned. They exist only in their impact on the heroine. If they intrude on our consciousness early, it is because they are there to be manfully restrained as an act of service until the heroine is ready to receive them. It's refreshing in a world where penisness is paramount to see them put on the back burner, narratively speaking. They do not drive the plot. In a way, it's often some part of the hero's quest in romance to manage his own penis until it's required by the narrative. If penises cause discomfort, they return soon after and are the tool whereby the discomfort is repaired. They do not require maintenance or supervision. They are noble, sometimes proud, but always reliable. They fail only when a hero is trying to bury his sorrows in the wrong woman. And that's an extract from the Dancy Lagarde Reader, available for pre-sale now at unbound.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Your next top story is not fun, fair news. And this is the news that eight roller coaster riders were trapped upside down for four hours in Wisconsin, which is the worst part of the story. <laughs> Tom Neenan, uh, mm-hmm. you love thrills and spills. Can you unpack this story for us? Oh, boy. Yes. Another uh, story which I do not understand in any way because <laughs> I don't like roller coasters. I don't like them. I am the holding the bags guy when people go to uh, to fun fairs of any kind, and I'm proud to be that. Um, so this is in a place called Crandon. It sounds nice. It sounds lovely, and it's at the. Um, it happened on Sunday at the Crandon International Off Road Raceway. Get me a ticket now, please. Um, what a place! And so, as you say, this uh, roller coaster got stuck. And this is part of the reason I don't understand roller coasters, because no other leisure activity ever, if it's sort of extended, if it lasts a long time, do people get angry about it. But for some reason, roller coasters are the one where they're like, no, 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 no. We queue for an hour and then we get 90 seconds of fun. No more. 
right? Anything else? <laughs> oh no, I'm, I got locked in the M&M store for three hours. That's the best day of your life. Um, oh, I watched uh, the film Oppenheimer and it was three hours long. That's just watching the film Oppenheimer. <laughs> roller coasters. <laughs> a roller coaster you're stuck on for three hours. For some reason, people are angry about that, but that's just more roller coaster. What are you complaining about, people? Do you like roller coasters or not? I don't like this story. <laughs> I think roller coasters are one of those things that people don't like. They like like they like it afterwards. <laughs> right. Okay. So are you speaking of someone with with a child? Is that is that the no. case? It's Okay, so my my I used to love roller coasters and then right. I had a baby and people were yeah. like, "Oh, your appetite for risk changes." And then it absolutely right. has. And I've been on two roller coasters since having yeah. a baby and both of the times I hated it so much. I spent the entire time going, "This would be the stupidest way to die." Will right. it put bubbles in my milk? <laughs> right. <And> the, <laughs> that was the emotional roller coaster for me. And, uh, it's ruined. It's ruined roller coasters. I, I don't know if that will change. Maybe. Maybe when yeah. my when my children are teenagers, I'll be able to take a thrill in the proximity of death once more. But <laughs> until then, I'm like, I've got I've got responsibilities. Upside down responsibilities. <laughs> My favourite part of this whole thing is there's a line in this article that says the State Department of Safety and Professional Services is responsible for reviewing plans for amusement parks and inspecting rides in Wisconsin. But the way it's phrased makes it sound like it's the only responsibility that this person has. <laughs> and it must be quite a light workload. Like how many roller coasters <laughs> are being built in Wisconsin that someone works full time to review them and then clearly does a bad job and everybody's left literally and figuratively hanging. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the central problem with modern mm. roller coasters in the funfair environment is that they are at least one third to one half scarier than was specced in with the engineering and blueprints, right? Because you've got the engineering, you've got the blueprints, you've got the, mm -hmm. you know, the sensation of danger that is that is um, induced by the process of going very fast and round corners and upside down and all that stuff. Uh, but then what you've also got when you're actually in there in reality, and this is where engineers fail to kind of meet the user mm. interface, uh, what you've also got is that that kind of maybe uh, 30 to 70 seconds where you're sitting in the roller coaster and you're looking at a 14-year-old with a cigarette hanging out of their mouth and chewing gum in the other side of their mouth who looks so bored uh, and you're also noticing the kind of the rust around the edges of things and maybe the fact that there's kind of a loose bolt and a loose screw and then the ride starts. So I, I feel like they need to more finely calibrate these elements of the ride before they before they send you down the, the rails. I think it's like getting in, getting on a plane. You want the pilot to sound bored. You want this to be the ninth flight that pilot's done this day. You want it to be like, oh, no. You know, the second the pilot's like, hi, guys, I'm really on it, by the way, today. I'm really going to focus and I'm really trying. You'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't, I don't like that. I, I want the bored teenager. I don't want someone looking terrified. Now it's time for your reviews. As you know, each week we ask our guest editors to bring in something to review out of five stars. Uh, AJ, what have you brought in for us this week? Oh, this week I brought in a text exchange with my friend the other day. He was busy at work <laughs> and we were just messaging and he was like, oh, AJ's today so hectic and so, I'm so stressed. And I was like, oh, no, sorry to hear. Like, hope things die down. 
And then as soon as I hit send, I just remembered what his job was. And he's a doctor in the ICU. And I think I accidentally cursed some people to death. Um, So I then immediately said, oh, no, I hope things don't die down. And by things, I mean people. But I know that you know what I meant and not what was actually translated. And that went across two messages and me trying to justify why I wasn't cursing these poor individuals. Um, So my review of that is three and a half stars. Um... Because, you know, the intent was nice. (laughs) It was well-meaning. Yeah. It was well-meaning murder. Mm. Um. (laughs) Which is what doctors always put on the form. (laughs) And Tom, what have you brought in for us this week? I've had a nightmare of my reviews. They're bad. They're bad. I'm going to lower expectations right now, people. These are bad. I tried to review the alphabet in the order of the alphabet. Why? I don't know. It's an alphabet because creating dense educational formulae gets hard. I just kind of lean my natural observations positively. Quite right. Seriously, the utter virtue which exists, you, and then I gave up because what is the point of that? That's awful. <laughs> um, so that was me trying to review the alphabet in alphabetical order. Terrible. Um, and then I tried to write, uh, I tried to think about uh, limericks. I like limericks. So I tried to write a limerick that describes limericks that then I could review. So I went, um, a format which hails from the past is a poem suggestive and fast with a rhyme at the start and two lines at its heart and a rubit which always comes last. Hey, very nice. That's lovely. See, I think that's lovely. <laughs> two stars. I review that. I, I, I mean, I would review that as a solid three and a half to four stars. You should be proud of yourself. Yeah. And no, no one's, one's died. died. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Your animal section now, uh, and our top story in the animal section is a herd of sheep in Greece. And you, you think, well, that's not that's not news. It is when they eat 100 kilograms of cannabis. Yeah, it, it is. Um, Tom Neenan, you've yes. seen a sheep before. Can you unpack what happened and why and how high these sheep might be? Of course. This, scientifically, um, this is how clouds are made. Um, so what was... <laughs> There were um, there was a herd of sheep which were grazing on a plain in is it pronounced Thessaly in Greece, um, which sounds like a lovely place, um, and uh, yeah they managed to break into a, a greenhouse which was cultivating and I understand it's it's a bit like um, Dane Cook with his twenty uh, four year old spouse and they have been dating for six years six years it's six years which is I think here it's cultivating medical cannabis it's medical cannabis it's all above board don't you know no one's getting in trouble um 800 kilograms of it um so and this uh yeah so basically now we've got a load of sheep and it's problematic because i don't know if you know this uh, as soon as a sheep has imbibed any cannabis its wool can then only be used to make beanie hats uh, so <laughs> legally that's all they can be used for now um and and yeah, I, I mean, I'm guessing sheep aren't exactly um, uh, like the most dynamic at the at the best of times. <laughs> uh, so I wouldn't imagine this is going to be uh, particularly. Um, uh, they're going to be particularly sprightly. But yeah, the, apparently the greenhouse that they broke into had been damaged by Storm Daniel, um, who is the porn star that Trump slept <laughs> with. So I don't know what she was doing there, but. Uh, she's been causing lots of mayhem. Well, it sort of feels like a, it's a, I mean, it's a real blow to the farmer because apparently mm-hmm. this is the third thing that hit his farm after after a heat wave, which damaged many of their crops, and then uh, Storm Daniel, and then the sheep coming in. And he, he realised that the sheep had broken in and eaten the cannabis when the sheep started behaving strangely. Again, how? 
how would you know what do, what counts as beha- <laughs> what counts as behaving strangely for a sheep? Yeah, well, we started a podcast, and uh, <laughs> they were just there in the field, you know, cross legs up like this, and it was he was like something's up because usually they read. Yeah. Um, <laughs> AJ, are you a fan of of sheep and or cannabis? Um, I am. I'm. Actually, not a fan of sheep because I had an altercation with one when I was. Um, had to, long story short, I used to work as an English teacher on summer camps in Germany, um, which is not the uh, the the kind of future for a British person that um, old Germany would have envisaged. But I was teaching English in the countryside <laughs> of Germany, and um, the uh, there was a farm next door to this summer school, and the sheep had got out. And the sheep were running around. And so I had to lock all of the students into a classroom to protect them. And then <laughs> me and this other German teacher had to herd sheep through the, the halls of this, like, primary school that we were using. And it was all relatively fine because they were spooked by the people. Like, they were spooked by us. So they did what they were told when we were gesturing. Except this one sheep, literal, literal black sheep, was just standing in the cafeteria area, staring us down. And we were kind of, like, edging, like, come on. And it was like not having a bar and then we just gave up and I mean, ran away and called the fire brigade. It was having a bar. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sl- <laughs> it was having a bar, bar, black sheep. But um so I never used to be scared of sheep. Now I'm slightly scared of that one specific sheep. Um, but it was in Germany, so I'm sure the Greek sheep are fine. Um, and they're a lot more chill now anyway. So um. I don't know if it's better to be nationally specifically racist against sheep or just generally species racist against sheep. <laughs> in other animal news, a swan has caused a London train disruption which is fair and fine enough, except that it's happened for the second day in a row. Uh, AJ Lamarck, you've caught British trains before. Can you unpack this story for us? I have. I have caught them in a net and it was challenging. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, the, thing, the thing that I didn't get from researching this news story was, was it the same swan or was it a different <laughs> swan? And to me, that is the most important part. I want to know if this one was like... You haven't heard the last of me. As it makes whatever noises and it hatches a plan for the second day of... Or maybe the swan is just, you know, like, like I'm, I'm doing my own strikes. This is what, I'm here for the train unions. I think it's probably that the swan has deludedly fallen in love with a train and we all know that swans mate for life. So that train is not running for the next 14 years. I think you've got your story for next week Uh, (laughs) this one has disrupted a whole train line which I just think is is just inherently quite funny Um, I think this line in particular um, got me the railway was temporarily closed for a short period of time to allow our frontline colleagues to safely check this one was no longer on the railway line the frontline colleagues infers that there's some sort of army structure to the railway team. So you have your frontline <laughs> railway workers and behind them there are the railway fl- workers who are the flanks and I imagine they have spears um, and they protect the railway tracks. Um, uh, maybe they have shields. I don't know what kind of battle formations the railway staff in the UK do, um, <laughs> but I love that they were all brought out to attack and defend the tracks against the swan. Uh, Tom Neenan? I 
little little fact for you all obviously you probably already know this is that all swans were owned by the queen um and i reckon that this basically is swans acting out knowing that they are leaderless now that they there's no one there so they're kind of they're trying to follow whatever whatever course whatever kind of thing show them some tracks they'll get on them because they just want direction there we need to give swans a new leader i don't know if the king immediately takes over owning all the swans um that wasn't it you know detailed in the coronation um so what i think we should do is have an election to see who should um lead the swans uh i, I graham swan is he a is he like a cricketer? Yes. Name, yeah. <laughs> His name is Swan, and he might be he might be up there. That's my only suggestion. I'll be honest. I was looking at other swans, and there's not really any other famous swans. But <laughs> they need a leader, guys. I want a Graham Swan merch T-shirt that says Graham Swan, your mate for life. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it I was going to say Stephen Fry, but mm-hmm. I think the association to foie gras was a bit too cruel. <gasps> they'd sense it they would definitely sense it i mean i think what this is an is is an instance of swan overpopulation because it's not just that the queen owns the swan she's the only one who's Mm. allowed to eat the swan so they've lost their natural predator (laughs) Um, exactly the monarchy Um, (laughs) arguably a predator for a lot more than just swans depending on how you look Um, (laughs) the swans are the canary in the gold mine yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) And our final animal news for today is the stealth beetle. Uh, This is the news that there is a beetle that grows a fake termite on its back in order to lure termites into giving the beetle food. I don't know if this is cool or horrifying, uh, but I'm excited to find out what you think, Uh, Tom. Uh, I hate this story. It's disgusting. Uh, I was, so I'm immediately going to pivot. Yes, this is a uh, a beetle that grows a fake termite on its back in order to sort of lure other termites and steal food. But all it reminded me of was my friend who lived alone during lockdown and um, <laughs> <laughs> would order copious amounts of uh, of Deliveroo or other um, you know other delivery services. And uh, because she was so ashamed of how much food she was ordering, whenever she opened the door, um, she would go, hey, guys, food's here to an empty house (laughs) before receiving the bags of food. Um, And one time the the delivery driver broke down and needed to be pushed. And she was like, oh, I can't, you know, I I can't push you on my own. He's like, well, can you not? And then it, she had to sort of realise that no, they had to own up to this delivery driver that all the food she's ordering was for her and she was lying and that there was no one else in the house. <laughs> Is that the same? I don't know. I just didn't want to think about that goddamn beetle and its horrible growth on its back that looks like a goddamn termite. <laughs> I, I mean, your friend, I, I think your friend should have doubled down and been like, yeah, sorry, n- none of them have, have spines. Spine this household. Sorry. <laughs> AJ, have you ever grown a termite on your back to lure someone into giving you food? <laughs> Always. It's called a Sunday. Um, I love that. I think it's fascinating. This story, because it's, it's not like, okay, I'm going to nerd out of it. It's not just like this termite, like this, this creature has picked up a dead termite and put it on its back. It has developed the DNA to grow its own <laughs> version of this creature. Evolutionary speak, that's just... 
I get, I'm, I'm nerding out because uh, my degree is biomed and I'm a bit of a biomed nerd. But mostly I'm just like, it's a, it's a lot of effort. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of effort to catfish. And I mean, at some point you've got to realize the extent that they've gone to through millions of years of evolution to catfish. You've just got to go, you know what? Good on you. You've tried hard. You deserve it. You go. You, you, you trick that termite and emotionally damage it. Go for it. Yeah, this is the ultimate sort of free rider. This is the ultimate... Uh, f- the f- of the animal kingdom, if you would, if you would <laughs> holding out with one hand something that they know is a hollow simulacrum of the thing that the other person actually wants in order to get resources. I feel like uh, we can all applaud this horrifying creature. Uh, I sort of, I sort of wonder if it ever kind of feels embarrassed of, about what it's done. It sort of has one job though, right? Like it looks like that forever now. It, you can't. It's a bit like if you had a, a like a mannequin grafted onto your body just so you can like drive in the carpool lane, and it's like, well, it's good for that one job. But now I'm, I look like this forever. <laughs> now I'm at the supermarket and people are looking at me weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but my question is, will they continue to evolutionary grow and just become a termite? Like, at what point oh. do they just go? When is enough enough? How many? Mm. How much? Boyness do you need to become to become a, just a person? Like- yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the True. boy who sort of lures his a girlfriend in with promises of like love and commitment, and then just keeps stringing her along, and then eventually marries her and like mm. provides for the family that they then produce. <laughs> At what point does that cease to be a boy and just be someone who played themselves? <laughs> just on their deathbed, being like, ah, gotcha. <laughs> Just, just on the deathbed, breaking up by text. Yeah. <laughs> Literal ghosting. Yeah. Um. <laughs> that brings us to the end of this week's edition of The Gargle. I'm flipping through the ads at the back. AJ Lamarck, have you got anything to plug? Oh, I um, I have a podcast that I'm, I'm currently um, updating and getting out every fortnight instead of a week because editing podcasts is hard with a full-time job. But it's called Fluke with AJ Lamarck and I just chat to people (laughs) about a topic that they enjoy Floof an excellent podcast you should listen to it Tom Neenan have you got anything to plug I do I love the name Floof Uh, that is uh, what a great title Uh, I'm definitely going to be listening finally I think I've mentioned it like nine times on this podcast Uh, my uh, Sky Short is out on Sky and Now TV if you have access to either of those it's called Silone it stars Kyle Smith-Fino and Sunil Patel uh, and they are both brilliant and I'm very proud of that so please watch that um, also maybe follow me on Instagram I'm going to plug Instagram because we're all slowly pretending we're not on X so uh, TP Neenan on Instagram I do sort of paintings and things and I occasionally try and sell them so uh, so maybe have a um, have a gander at some of them I would also like to thank our roving reporters for this week uh, William Mendelssohn, Gadget Gab and Robert Allen who sent in the NFTs news C-Lips who sent in the sheepweed story Miss Otis who sent in the swan train disruption story and Dr. Selena who sent in the beetle termite story if you have a story that you think would look good on the gargler's coming out of my mouth tweet us at hello gargler's on x for now uh, we're also on blue sky or blue ski uh, at also at hello gargler's i'm alice fraser you can find me online at patreon.com slash alice fraser where i do my weekly writers meetings which are a lot of fun uh, salons and book clubs if you want to buy the dancy lagarde reader unbound.com is the place to go this is a bugle podcast and alice fraser production your editor is ped hunter your executive producer is chris skinner i'll talk to you again next week 
You can listen to other programs from The Bugle, including The Bugle, Catharsis, Tiny Revolutions, Top Stories and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com